we're back for another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you again from Pop Culture Cosmos and also Inside Sports. And along with me for this broadcast is once again, he is one of the great guys that belongs to the Voice from the Underground, the podcast. You got to check it out today on all major podcast platforms, whether you like pop culture, whether you like great talk, whether you like politics, even if you like cigars. It's a show you got to yeah. listen to today, The Voice from the Underground. It's my good friend, Mr. Jason Dutch. What's up, man? What's up? Always great to have you on the show. I spoke to one of your fellow hosts, Mr. TJ Johnson. Yes. He's going to be on later this week on our new Lakers Fast Break podcast. So stay tuned for that if you're you're tuning in to Spotify or Anchor and checking that out. That's Lakers Fast Break. But I'm here with you, my friend, and we're not talking politics we're not talking any pop culture. We're not talking we about can. any of that stuff. We can, <laughs> but that would be like two, three hours later. And I know you got to get some sleep, my friend. So we're talking about week two in the NFL. It just ended. A lot went on as far as newsworthy, but I think it starts as far as the headlines are concerned. Before any standout performances, we've got to talk about some major injuries at a position of need for everybody, and that's the quarterback. Yeah. Wow. You know, not, so we, we lost – we lost Nick Foles first, obviously, before this, and then we lost uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. Now, Ben Roethlisberger's already been put on IR, and um, Drew Brees, it's it's sort of sketchy at this moment. Yeah, he's seeing as, a hand specialist from last time I, I heard. Yeah, and he, I mean, the guy couldn't pick up a football. So, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do, but... And then on top of all that, the New York Jets have lost their oh. second quarterback. Yeah, well, who cares? If, if <laughs> That's a team that you should be avoiding for most positions outside of Le'Veon Bell and Robbie Anderson. Uh, I don't really think that too many players in the Jets are of too much interest. But, yeah, the Jets also had and, and hit on a, on, a foul, on a play that ended up being a penalty as well versus the Cleveland Browns. So that, was, uh, that, that looked pretty grody. The Simeon one. It did not look good for, for him. He looks like he might be gone for the rest of the year. Yeah, he, he was a confirmed out for the season with severely torn ligaments in his ankle. And if yeah, you I didn't saw even that, see that. Yeah, I just you, guessed it. Yeah, it's it's it we didn't have to guess very hard if you saw no. that, that video on Twitter watching his ankle go in fifteen different directions as it was being smooshed under his own leg with the help of Miles Garrett right there for you. So. Yeah, that, that one that one was painful though. It wasn't quite to the level of Joe remember the guy, No, remember the guy from Louisville, the basketball player? Oh yeah, yeah. Some yeah. a few years back. That one I forgot. He was a pro prospect, man. That one was awful, but Gordon uh, Hayward's was pretty nasty too, where Gordon his was just yeah, yeah, that one. But Joe oh, Theismann, I think, is the most famous one because ABC kept on, if you remember, replaying it and replaying it and replaying it. That was kind of the first time that happened. Pretty much on camera, yeah. yeah. Back in the eighties. So but yeah, so what do we do? What do we do? What do we what do we do? Well, well you got two options, my friend. Right now on most waiver wires, there are still some attractions available and i know we talked about uh, some of those candidates last week but before we go into that how about trades what do you think as far as trades that you might be going for as far as ones that uh quarterbacks that are not actually starting most games but maybe a really solid backup that people may you be interested in in selling at this point in time a, a backup quarterback 
Yeah, let's say on someone's team, like for instance, mine, I've got Aaron Rodgers as my backup right now. Oh, 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 backup on your fantasy team. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, because most most <laughs> teams carry at least one, uh, carry right. at least one extra on on their team. So. Yeah, you know. Okay, so funny story. Um, I have of Ben Roethlisberger in two leagues, and one of them is a keeper league. So in a keeper league, just by the dynamics of that animal, and also we start well we can start two quarterbacks. We have a super flex position. So you start one quarterback and then you can start a second quarterback. So almost all of the teams have four QBs on the roster. There are some teams that have five. I went with three. So in this league, I had Goff, Roethlisberger, and Kyler Murray. Um, suffice to say, I am, even though I believe I have by far the best team in that division, in that league, um, I am now 0-2. Because Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger have done jack zero. Ben Roethlisberger now is out. So now I'm in a position where people are sending me trades. And they're sending me trades like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater for Michael Thomas. And I'm like, I so I posted in the board. I said, look, don't send me your mid to low tier quarterbacks for studs. Because it ain't going to happen. I'd rather go 0-16. I'd rather start a kicker at my super flex position, then trade you Michael Thomas for Teddy Bridgewater or whatever other mid to low, you know, Eli Manning or whoever the hell it is you feel like offering me. So that's the thing. I mean, if you, it doesn't hurt to try to, you know, to smell blood in the water and maybe try to go, um, you know, and grab and, and make a trade with somebody who may have lost Roethlisberger, probably have more luck with Breeze because I think, in most leagues, in most leagues, you're going to have 10, 12 guys. Roethlisberger was right there around, you know, 10, rank 10, 11 ish in most leagues. So it's possible that whoever has Roethlisberger didn't have him as their starting quarterback anyway. So, um, you know, it's going to depend on different leagues and, and how that manager's strategy was. But it is very possible that you might not uh, get as much from the, the owner of Roethlisberger, unless, of course, they had Breeze and Roethlisberger, which I'm sure some people did. Uh, Breeze, on the other hand, I think that that owner might be panicking a little bit more for the short term, but also he's not out for the year. You know, so in most leagues, unlike my dynasty league, you're going to have eight or nine or 10 quarterbacks available. So what I did is I'm in a league, a standard 12 team league. And right now the available quarterbacks in that league, which I obviously know that they that will be different in, in every league. But as of right the, at the moment, I have Allen from Buffalo, Winston from Tampa Bay, Rudolph from Pittsburgh, Bridgewater, uh, Daniel Jones from the Giants, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Mariota, Mar- Mariota, uh, Marcus Mariota, and uh, I like to call him Fish Sticks Patrick, who you don't want. Um, so those are the guys that are available at quarterback. So you have assuming most leagues are going to be somewhere in that same vicinity, you know, you might have, you know, one or two extra guys that are available in your league or one or two less. Uh, But I think that most leagues are going to have around that, assuming that you have one quarterback starting. So with that being said, which of those guys are you going to pick up? Um, Well, one person you don't want to pick up is Eli Manning, who just lost his job to Daniel Jones. You definitely don't want to pick up Eli Manning. Though Eli Manning probably was somebody's backup. I'm sure he'll be being dropped. Um, But Daniel Jones, if he's available in your league, might not be a bad one. In fact, I have Roethlisberger in that league where I just read 
also I have him in two leagues. Yay for me. Um, so I have to, of course I'm on two in both leagues because of Roethlisberger. Um, but, uh, I'm trying to figure out right now who I'm going to pick up. So I, uh, luckily I have Tom Brady in that league too, but both weeks I went with Roethlisberger. Not anymore. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a difficult situation. Uh, I think that Allen from Buffalo is probably the guy who has the best short term. And again, I know last week I was saying how I'm not a big fan and I'm still not, but he is young and he does have legs. So, you know, there, there is some good potential there. Daniel Jones, I have to look at very strongly too, because, you know, you got Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Um, he's a young rookie. He's got a eh, media, lower, probably lower than mediocre receiving core. But, um, but I think that the kids got some talent. So those are probably the two that I would say uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards the most at this moment uh, towards picking up. Um, but uh, you never know until you hit the transaction button. Well, I'll tell you what, one player that is available in a lot of leagues out there and they need to pick him up off the waiver wire, somebody that's performing even better than Josh Allen right now. And that's Case Keenum out of Washington. He's five touchdowns, zero interceptions, got a very high rating. He's right now the fifth rated quarterback in the NFL. While I don't think it'll stay that way for even maybe a two, three, four more games, it's still someone that I think that can that can actually provide you decent numbers. And if you're in a pinch, if you're out Roethlisberger or Breeze and or both at this point in time, if you have Eli Manning and who's now on the bench, if you had bad luck with quarterbacks, at least it's somewhere to start with him, Josh Allen, like you said, or even Matthew Stafford or Andy Dalton. There's still enough quarterbacks out there on the waiver wire, I think, that you can at least pick up someone that can do you some decent numbers. Yeah, I mean, that's the good thing is, is that that position, you probably have some ability to save yourself. Um, most other positions are going to be a little bit more difficult. It's going to be more of a crapshoot. Uh, but uh, with quarterback, typically in most teams, even if it's a 12-team league, you're going to have four or five quarterbacks that are at least are going to be able to fill in for you on your bye weeks. So we're going to assume that your backup quarterback is better than most of the guys on, on the waiver wire and that you're going to start them. I am not really big on case Keenum. I, I refuse to drink that Kool-Aid. I refuse to buy on that. I just don't see that continuing. Kirk cousins is a far better quarterback than case Keenum is to my eye. And with ultimately the same cast of characters over there, uh, it didn't really do a ton. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm not really too big on case Keenum at the moment, but you know, if you are, then great. You know, you can go for it. I just don't think that you're going to get 2.5 touchdowns per per week as an average from him. I would say that an average game from Case Keenum is probably going to be 175 to 235 yards, 1.2 touchdowns. You know, in other words, he'll get one, one, two, one, one, two. So that's that's where I'm at on Case Keenum. I think Allen makes up for a little bit more than that because of the fact that he has those legs. And, you know, he's got a couple of rushing scores already. So, you know, and it seems like Buffalo might be better than what we thought they were. Singletary's looked pretty good in the backfield as well. And he's got some receivers that uh, at least are catching the ball when he's throwing it to him. So you know, I, I certainly would probably err on the side of caution and go with Allen over Case Keenum. We've seen Case Keenum for years and like he's Case Keenum, you know. He was this way in Denver. He's this way here, and he'll have a good game here and again, but I don't know. I, I'm not personally sold on him.
We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace Gaming Wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com, and if you use the code VITABRACE50, you'll get half off on a Vitabrace gaming wristband, or use the code buy one get one and it's buy one get one free. That's right, just use the code VITABRACE50 or buy and the number one get and the number one today to get some great deals on some Vitabrace gaming wristbands. So check it out today at miraclefruitoil.com. Vitabrace, win with it. Once again, I'm talking to Jason Dutch from Voice from the Underground. You got to check it out today on all major podcast networks. My friend, I'm going to ask you right now when it comes to week two in the NFL, were there any standouts to you as far as something that maybe surprised you? Somebody that maybe gained back to form after a week one that was not really up to snuff or what you thought that you were expecting out of them? Was there something that surprised you or is there something out of week two that really sticks out to you as far as the performance was concerned? Well, first of all, Dak Prescott did it again. So that was interesting. That's right. He didn't really have, at least based off of the previous year's performance, that consistency, that level of it anyways. But, mm-hmm. you know, a, a new season could go back to his rookie form. Standard ESPN scoring right now, number one and number two ranked players are Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. Holy cow. You know, so who would who would have thought that they'd be above Patrick Mahomes and company? But they are. And, I mean, it's week two. So, you know, that's not going to last for the entire year. But, like I said, Lamar Jackson is, he like I said last week, he could be the truth. You know, he, he's certainly looking sensational. <laughs> And just a great kid. You know, I, I, I really am starting to like this kid a lot. I'm not usually a fan of having running quarterbacks as my starter, uh, typically. But I do think that in, in the case like what we talked about with Allen, where it could give you a, some benefit over, you know, a guy like Case Keenum. But in the case of Lamar Jackson, I mean, this kid is just, he's kind of reminding me a little bit of Michael Vick. It's it's pretty wild. So, uh, yeah, he, he's been really good. Dak Prescott again, been, been very, very good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing good as well. I think one of the, a couple of the guys that you might not, um, may not be household names Boyd from Cincinnati, Cincinnati uh, yeah. as someone who, who we thought after that big game would be set up for a hard fall. Mm-hmm. You know what? He's still going strong. AJ green. When he comes back into the lineup, Ross, I, too. You, yeah, John Ross, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they're both they're they're performing very well. Andy Dalton has got uh, Andy Dalton second in the league in passing yards, and I, I got to see when AJ Green comes back how much of the offense. I'm still convinced that he is still their primary ball receiver when yeah, he, he comes be. back into the lineup. We'll see how how that works out with the Cincinnati receiving corps. Yeah, but Ross back. Ross had another big week, so you know, and and again, this is not a good football team. There's a football team that's going to be behind the vast majority of the time. So, you know, you're going to be, they're going to be throwing the ball pretty much the whole game. One guy that I think is worth talking about, well, actually two guys that are worth talking about. 
number one, Debo Samuel from the 49ers. He had a pretty good week this week. And I think Debo Samuel is somebody who it's very possible is on your waiver wire. He was a very talented receiver. They spent a high draft pick on him. Was amazing in college. He's got really good hands. He moves well. He's fast. Debo Samuel, and and especially on that particular team, they're in you know they're they're in a division where they're gonna there's gonna be a lot of high scoring football games played. And I think that Debo Samuel is somebody that you should be taking a look at. And if you have Debo Samuel, I have him in one league, and I'm really thinking that uh, it, it I might have to start him. Another guy is a guy that I suggested people pick up last week, and I hope you listened, is with Mostert. Uh, Mostert had just a, a ridiculous game this week. Now, uh, he was not the only running back in that backfield that had a big game this week as well. But, you know, we're talking about the same team here with Debo Samuel. So they um, they had two running backs that did quite well. But I think Mostert is the guy who's going to be carrying the bulk of the load for the majority of the year, at least until Tevin Coleman comes back. And even I think after Tevin Coleman comes back, I don't see Tevin Coleman doing anything other than as a change of pace, maybe um, vulture a couple of goal line carries. But uh, Mostert is, if if Raheem Mostert is still in your, or in your free agency list, he's a must own at this point. He's, he's one, he's the first really of the running backs. I think that, you know, we're going to be discovered this year. Thankfully, I found him early and scooped him up in all of my leagues, and I'm feeling pretty good. Even though I didn't start him this week on any leagues, I'm feeling very good about that. So take a look at your wave wire and see if he's out there because he's looking like he's going to be the truth too. All right, and those are some great performances and standouts. I agree with you on a lot of those picks right there for you, and and definitely if you did not hear what Jason had to say last week about some of the picks or maybe just kind of brushed it off, say, eh, but he was right on the money on a couple of them. So you, you got to go ahead and listen to what he has to say because there's some really sound reasoning there as far as some of the choices. And if you see any of those players on the waiver wire, maybe it's about time you go ahead and get them because we're getting to a point where savvy owners are hitting that waiver wire. Myself, since I'm at the bottom of my waiver wire list, I can go ahead and just pick off anybody I want to go ahead. And if nobody else is going after him, I'm going to get them because I'm not worried about where I'm at as far as on the waiver wire. So that's to me, it's just if you have an opportunity to go to the waiver wire, make an effort to do so because you're just selling yourself short. You fill up that roster, maybe a quality bench player, maybe that bench player that you put on there or somebody that you can start in a flex or whatnot off the waiver wire. Maybe it's only going to last you a couple games, maybe three, maybe four, maybe an entire season. But right now, you got to go ahead and jump on those players because as the weeks go by on the waiver wire, it starts to thin out and it gets harder and harder to find quality players to fill into that roster. And you're going to have to look more and more into a trade that'll actually hurt your roster because you're going to have to give up something to get something back. And that's going to make it hurt even more. Can I reply to that? Of course. I totally disagree with you. Wow. So and you and I love you, Gerald. I do. Number one waivers are gold. But I'm number ten. Okay. Oh, you're number ten. Okay. Yeah, if I'm number, number 10, ten out of yeah. ten. And it started out that way. Yeah, shoot, shoot from the hip. It's fine. But if you have the number one waiver, unless you Well, you said even that if you before. Had, yeah, said even that if before. you have a quarterback, even if you had Roethlisberger or Breeze. Like I have Roth, I have Bree or Roethlisberger, as I said, I'm not using a waiver transaction on Josh Rose. 
on Rose. Josh uh, Allen. Allen. Yeah. The other Josh. I'm not going to waste. I have the second, the second waiver priority in that league. I am not wasting it on him because, you know, if somebody else picks him up, okay, then I'll go with one of the other quarterbacks that's available because there's like seven and he's not going to be my number one starter. Anyway, Tom Brady's going to be my number one starter. I like to work my way up in the waiver. And if you find yourself, because the one position that's going to always become available, I'm going to beat this like a dead horse, is going to be running back. Somebody's going to get hurt week three, week four, week five, week six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Somebody's going to get hurt. And if it comes down to somebody like, say, you know, maybe not so, uh, Barkley, because I mean, even if, if Barkley did get hurt, obviously you'd have, uh, you know, a guy that you'd want to pick up because he's going to get those carries, but nobody's going to replace Barkley numbers. Um, but if someone like maybe say Nick Chubb or something of that matter was to get hurt, now that's an offense. They're going to run the ball with whomever. We saw this last year with Damian Williams. You know, when Kareem Hunt got suspended, Damian Williams just filled in that role immediately. So you have to look for it from certain teams, not just any running back is going to do good on in any situation, but you will definitely find guys who can be starters for you as the season progresses. So don't waste those number ones. Now, if you're seven, eight, nine, ten, then you know, go for it. You use the waiver as you might, especially if you're number 10. You know, what have you got to lose? Nothing. So go for no, it. No, and if there's anybody else that's inactive, I would never get up a whole lot higher because you're talking about all the other teams would have to go ahead and act. And as you know, and as you've experienced over the course of playing many years in fantasy football, not every owner stays active beyond week two, week three, week four. So I don't expect my slot on the waiver wire list to move up any closer to maybe six, five, even four if I was, you know, not touching it at all. So if you're number 10 or number nine, like I am, or, or way at the bottom, number 11, 12, by all means, if you see those players now that you need to go ahead and take a chance at, by all means. But like, yeah, I like you said, you might need to save that one, number two, or number three waiver spot that's much higher for a rainy day. And, and right now, I don't see any team out there on fantasy football that it's really pouring to the extent that they have to go ahead and burn a waiver wire spot right now, that, at least that high anyways. I'll, you know, you know what's funny is what player was owned by the most winning fantasy teams. What's that? Last week. Who's that? The freaking Patriots defense. Unbelievable. The Patriots defense. It. The Patriots defense. Teams that owns the Patriots defense won seventy-seven percent of their games last week. I believe it. As Chris Sardieri you know, says, they were playing against the NFL's JV team last week. Oh, the Dolphins are atrocious. But I mean, you had two defensive touchdowns and a shutout. So depending on your scoring system, the the what the league that I went against them in, they scored forty nine points. So you know it's a different scoring. They they give you slightly higher scores there, so it's sort of an anomaly. But you know, on I think ESPN standard, they scored twenty seven or twenty nine points. So you're going to get that out of your defense, man. But of course, you can't bank on that because next week the Patriots will get two. You know, I I streamed the Dallas defense last week. And they got me one point, but I knew they were going to win. And it was a tasty matchup from what I looked at. And you never know. Defense is so – I'm actually – honestly, I'm kind of against uh, defense being in fantasy because it's just too unpredictable. I'm a big fan of IDP. So one of my leagues is is IDP. But, yeah, the defenses is always – you definitely don't use your waiver transaction on a defense. 
We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Hey, listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. One last thing before we head on out, and that is we're going to play a little game called Buy or Sell. And I want to know if you're going to be buying or selling on these players that I'm going to hit you up with right now. Let's start with Marquise Brown of Baltimore. So, what, 18 points, I want to say, standard scoring? I have to double check on that. Honestly, I I don't I, – I, first of all, the mustache is throwing to him, and I love the mustache, but it's – it's interesting because I just don't see him as being a breakout receiver. I would probably say, stay, you know, I'm indifferent on him. I, I honestly am. I don't. I don't have all the facts on that particular guy. To, to he's not somebody that I researched too much. I do like the QB throwing to him now. The the mustache is as I'm going to call him forever. But I would. I, I really can't make a great comment on him, unfortunately, because I I don't have all of the facts. From what I have seen. It's relatively indifferent. He isn't anything to stand out. Okay. Buy or sell Marlon Mack out of Indiana. Running oh, back. It, sell. Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is a guy who, honestly, I've never cared for, especially on that team without Andrew Luck. And, you know, it seems to me like Jacoby Brissett is in love with T.Y. Hilton already. I'm just not a huge Marlon Mack guy. I think that right now you could probably get a lot for Marlon Mack, but I just don't see Marlon Mack as being a guy who's going to, who's going to get you, uh, you know, who's going to win you a championship. I just, I just, I just don't. The performances have been, you know, up and down throughout his entire, not just this year, but throughout his entire career, Marlon Mack is a guy who will get you, you know, 18 points, then seven points, 18 points, seven points. And I, I guess you can live with that. But there is far better options out there with than I think than Marlon Mack. And if you can find somebody who's willing to trade you a, a top receiver for Marlon Mack or something like that, someone that's going to be a little bit more consistent, I would certainly go ahead and do that. Because I've just, you know, I, I'm weird when it comes to fantasy. Like I go a lot off of feeling and a lot off of like, you know, just do I like the guy? Sometimes just I don't. He has a good football name like AJ Brown, right? I want him because he's got a great freaking football name. Means nothing, but sometimes somehow it works out for me. Uh, and uh, Marlon Mack is just I, – I, the kid's good. I don't want to poop on him too much, but I would definitely be looking elsewhere with Marlon Mack. I do not see him as an RB1 or RB2, and I know that's what he is listed as. So um, I would personally sell. Because he's listed probably right not now, popular. He's listed right now as uh, number three in rushing yardage at this point in time. Yeah, but that's not going to continue on that team. That team's not good. They got lucky and played Tennessee. You know what I mean, and and I thought Tennessee was going to be so. So it's the the Colts are not going to be the Colts are going to be playing from behind eighty five percent of the time, and Marlon Mack is not known for being a great pass catching running back. I don't believe, unless I completely lost the boat on that, he doesn't stand out to me as one of those guys. So, but again, I've never liked him, so I've never drafted him. 
So, you know what I mean? It's just not a guy who I'm, he's just not a guy who's been sexy to me. And the Colts are not going to finish over 500. I'm sorry. So if you're looking at a six, a five to six win team, if they do better, great for them. They shock me, but I don't see that happening. So running backs who are not named Saquon Barkley on bad teams are probably not people that you want to attach the horse to. Let's go back to Baltimore. Mark Andrews, tight end. So I looked at him earlier. Mark Andrews is actually available in one of my leagues. And I was and I was looking at him because I have OJ Howard. And it's funny because if you would have if you would have even asked me two days ago, would I consider dropping OJ Howard, who's probably one of the most talented tight ends in football for this Mark Andrews character. Um I would have been like, no, there's no way that I'm gonna do that. But OJ Howard just was invisible. Was totally invisible on Thursday night, and he was frankly invisible week one as well. A little bit better game, but didn't really do much. Mark Andrews, uh, here's the beautiful thing about about Andrews, the guy who's throwing them the ball, right? The guy who's throwing the ball is, is going to create opportunities specifically for the tight end. I, for some reason, I, I you know I think he did have two touchdowns. I think he might have had a touchdown call back because I'm almost positive I remember seeing him. Well, he has two on, touchdowns on, on the season, and he's eighth in receiving yards at this point I, in time. I'm almost positive I saw him score twice last week. It may have been that they were showing a replay of something, but because I was watching Red Zone, I love Red Zone. By the way, if you're not watching Red Zone, it's, Red Zone's like the best for fantasy football players. But I could have swore maybe he had one called back. But you know he's open in space. Lamar is going to find him. He's not, I, Lamar is not really a guy I think that has the arm strength to throw the ball down the field all that much. He's definitely d- d- not a weak armed quarterback. I don't want to characterize him as that. But as far as, uh, you know, when, when you have a quarterback who has those type of legs, he's going to draw that linebacker. And when he draws that linebacker as that spy, that automatically means what you're going to do one of two things. You're going to have to put your safety or your or cornerback onto your tight end. And usually that's not going to be a horrific matchup for either one of those guys because most tight ends are going to be lined up, you know, typically with, with with a linebacker. The case with Andrews though is that Andrews when he was covered by a cornerback last week, he I, I want to say it was that six of his catches were came when he was lined up against um a a cornerback. And the reason being is because obviously the linebackers were spying on Lamar Jackson. So why is that important? It's important because he's taller, he's bigger, and he's got really good hands. And he's, you know, if the safety's coming in, if the free safety's coming in from behind the the defense and has to come up to to get to him, by the time he's already gone five or six or seven yards and run that slant or that post route, then he's going to be wide open and the, there's nothing that they're going to be able to do. And then and it's not going to net you, you know, he's not going to run downfield. He's not going to score you a 70 yard touchdown, but in PPR, which most of us are playing these days, this guy looks like he might be a lock for five to seven catches every single week and probably somewhere in the eight target range. So uh, Lamar Jackson is completely creating this guy's opportunities. And I had no clue who this guy was on draft day. I admit it. I had no idea who he was when I drafted. He wasn't even on my radar, but he's just looked fantastic. And like, I you totally, I'm, I'm in buy mode on Mark Andrews right now. Last one I've got for you. Mm-hmm. And this one's going to be a fun one. Kyler Murray for a quarterback. Well, you got to buy him Kyler, right? Like it, he's now he's not going to have a great year. 
Let me see where he's at here. I think he's averaged because I have him in a couple of leagues, but I haven't started. Two touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, and been, he is in the top five in, in passing yards right now. Yeah, it's what I thought it was. You know, 19.8 points last week. It, I mean, these numbers are not Peyton Manning numbers by any stretch of the imagination. They're not Patrick Mahomes numbers. But the thing is, is that he's built a very, very good rapport with Larry Fish Dicks Gerald. Larry Fitzgerald looks, I mean, what, 35, 36 years old? Certainly not playing like it. I had a guy offer me Curtis Samuel for Larry Fitzgerald in one of my leagues a couple days ago. I jumped on it because I really like Curtis Samuel. I think Curtis Samuel's going to, I, I, Curtis Samuel was taking two rounds before Larry Fitzgerald, so I'll go for that at the moment. But it it's because Larry Fitzgerald's been, just has a great rapport so far with Kyler Murray. This kid is somebody who, First of all, he's just a super talented athlete. Drafted by the Oakland Athletics, late round pick, but still, you know, obviously phenomenal in college. Maybe a little bit undersized. I, you know, not we're not talking Doug Flutie undersized here, but certainly undersized. So he's gonna have a few balls batted down. He's gonna have a couple of times where he gets, you know, the the ball gets intercepted by the linebacker or by the defensive end. But by and large, he's looking really good. He's on a terrible team, so he's going to be throwing the ball almost all the time. Um, though they, I think they are going to, to use a baseball term, I think they're going to be careful with his reps. I think it's, it's entirely possible that they spell him from time to time, especially if, they, if the team gets eliminated. You might see that him only you know, not, play a little bit more sparingly because they've just got so much invested in him. And the last thing that I think that they're going to want to do is have him get hurt. That's not something we normally see in the NFL. This is not baseball, but something tells me that they're going to be a little bit careful with Kyler Murray because they invested so much into him and he's such a talented kid. So I really like what's going on there. I think the arrow is pointing up. I was not sold on him coming out of college. I thought Daniel Jones was a superior quarterback, but I think this year Kyler Murray's going to have more points than Daniel Jones because of the fact that he's got Larry Fitzgerald to throw to. Well, we're going to find out very soon when it comes to a matchup between both because Daniel Jones is now starting for mm-hmm. the New York Giants, so we're going to see him in action going forward for at least some time. Where you know, even if he fails or even if he does poorly, we're probably going to see him put in there and kept in there instead of Eli Manning unless he gets hurt. Or Eli Manning could be a very good trade possibility in real life for the NFL, which in turn could make him a possible player once again in fantasy football. But that's definitely a wait and see. That's something down the road that we're going to have to talk about maybe if that materializes. And and we'll see if Eli Manning, if he gets another opportunity, one last time to go ahead and shine once again, if that's going to be the case. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions for us, first off, you can always hit up Jason Dutch at Voice from the Underground on their social media. 
Or you can go ahead and hit me up, Gerald Glassford, at Pop Culture Cosmos, any point in time on any of our social media for both of us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the whole nine yards. And then if you want to email us any of your questions, definitely at any point in time, just go ahead and hit us up, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. Well, actually, one thing I want to say. The biggest surprise of the week has nothing to do with fantasy. Boy, the Steelers got ripped off by the Dolphins on that Minka Fitzpatrick trade. I, I mean, heard Fitz, about that. Fitzpatrick was a first-round pick in 2018, but they gave him a first-round pick for that. They could. I, I was shocked that Miami got as much as they a, a first-round pick for him. I thought when they said that when they when the rumblings first came out, which was very recent, like I want to say it was like uh, Thursday night. There was started to be talk that Fitzpatrick might be on his way out. And there's a bunch of guys, by the way, who are like demanding trades right now. It's kind of sad, but wow, a first round pick for he's a good player. But uh, Miami is going to have an arsenal of draft picks next year, so Miami is going to be bad this year. But you know what? I think, and especially since the Steelers are probably it looks like now not going to be the greatest team, um, although. Uh, uh, although, although uh, you know, you never know with the Steelers. You know, Tomlin is a great coach, but it looks like they're probably going to be a six-seven win team this year. Miami could have three picks, three uh, in the top what um, top twelve, nine, top, yeah. n- nine, eleven picks. It could be interesting to see. That'd be very interesting to see where that lands up. I mean, they'll need it because they are an awful team. 0-16 to me is a very real possibility for Miami at this point in time because they are just truly, <laughs> truly, truly an awful the, team. The antithesis of the 73 team. Yes, exactly. I, I don't think any of the, the crew from there that always seems to celebrate when that last team gets defeated during the course of the season and popping champagne, I don't think they'll be doing it's that so, this year. It's so annoying. You know, and, and, and this is from a kid. I grew up a Dolphins fan. I loved Dan Marino. It's my favorite football player ever, him and Walter Payton. But even I get annoyed by those guys. So I hope somebody does it soon. There you go. There you go. But if not you the go, Patriots, though, not the Patriots. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but if you go undefeated for the rest of the season, you know what? I think you should, as Chris Jericho would say, pop a little bit of the bubbly there for you, my friend. That's so, right. Y2J. There you go. Y2J indeed. But it's a great time anytime I get a chance to talk to you. Let everybody know before we head on out about Voice from the Underground one more time on why they need to go ahead and check it out each and every week. Well, this week we're going to do an interesting show. What we do is we take something from politics, we take something from pop culture, and we kind of smash them together and come out with something terrible. But you should listen to it because it's greatly terrible. This week we're going to talk about the movie Crash, but just a really interesting film and a lot of social dynamics that were obviously prevalent then are still prevalent now. And we're going to talk about how that movie, how how society has changed, if at all, compared to what we saw in that film. And if you haven't seen the movie crash, definitely a movie worth seeing. And I I don't know if you've seen that one or not, but very, very well done film. Terrence Howard, Matt Dillon, Sandra Bullock, the guy from Encino man with what's his name? Um, (laughs) Ludacris is in oh Brendan Fraser is that his name. You know, Ludacris is in that film. So and that's what we do most weeks is we'll talk about, you know, comic books for half an hour. 
then we'll talk about Trump or the Democratic debates or whatever. And it's uh, it's horrible. So listen. Well, it was good enough to be a, a best picture winner, if I remember correctly. And even though it was a year that a lot of other films that, you know, if you talk to a lot of people, they said that was probably one of the least deserving of all Oscar films. But I know you guys are going to probably touch on that subject when you talk about the film. Still a very good film. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just compared to whatever the, the uh, competitors were in that race. I think that a lot of people. Oh, please. That. They gave they, they gave an Oscar to a film about a woman sleeping with a fish a couple of years ago. I think Crash is definitely not the worst of those. No, no, no. But like I said, it's just some of the things that I come across as far as, <laughs> you know, that's probably one of the main reasons why I did watch the film. I thought it was pretty good. It's not one of the greatest films I've ever seen. No, it's still. it doesn't even honestly. It, when you said that, I totally forgot it won the Oscar. It doesn't even strike you as an Oscar-worthy film. It just strikes you as an important film. You know, a film that talks about things that maybe are not super comfortable to talk about, and that's why we're going to talk about it because people don't want to talk about it. And that's a good thing, indeed. When there's conversation. Only good things can follow if that's the case, as long as it stays positive. And it tries to on Voice from the Underground. And, of course, my shows, if you want to check them out, again, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, I'm coming up later this week, hopefully with Chris Sardieri coming back for another round as we preview week three in the NFL, plus also the Pop Culture Cosmos every Monday and Friday covering the latest news and trends in pop culture, plus also Lakers Fast Break. I just taped an episode, the second one, with TJ Johnson, also from Voice from the Underground. So you got to check that out this week as well. I hate the Lakers, but I can't wait to listen to that because I'm sure you guys had a blast. Absolutely. Once the internet got right, everything was all good. (laughs) But my friend, it's been great talking to you again. Can't wait to have you on next week, recapping week three in the NFL. Also, your picks for waiver wire and your thoughts on who people need to get for their fantasy teams going forward. It's always great talking to you again right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.